certainly I've learned through life that um, things are easier when you've got money in the bank, right? Yeah. Now, I'm 50 now and I've certainly, you know, worked hard to get to a point where I've got money in the bank and there was yeah. a lot of time where there wasn't. It was yeah. a lot of time. It was yeah. a time when Linda and I literally, we, we lived out of envelopes. Where our cash lived in envelopes and it was earmarked groceries, petrol, yeah. whatever, entertainment. When that envelope was empty for that week, well, okay, there's no more in there. Yeah. We've been at that point. I want to you know, just say that, and we've worked yeah. incredibly hard to build up those reserves to do that. Yeah. You know, and and so that, you know, your lessons enable you to get through the lessons better next yeah. time, maybe. You're listening to Property Investor Tales: Stories from the Front Yard. Here's your host, Tabitha Bright. Welcome to Property Investor Tales, stories from the front yard, where I get to speak to property investors from around Australia about their investing journey. My name is Tabitha Bright, and I'm the head of coaching here at Positive Real Estate, where we help people build wealth through property. With over 8,000 clients across Australia and New Zealand, there are some incredible stories to tell, which hopefully make your investing journey that little bit easier and will inspire you along the way. So my guest today is James Evenden, and I'm discussing with him, how do you sleep at night when everything seems to go sideways, when you just get hit by wave after wave of challenges, what safeguards he's put in place, and what happens to your brain under this duress? So enjoy this conversation on mindset uh, with James Evenden. Hey folks, and welcome to today's podcast. So today I am super fortunate to have one of our property consultants, uh, James Evenden, uh, along with me, my latest victim, I call him, <laughs> uh, to the podcast interview. And, you know, James and I, how long have, welcome to the podcast, James, sorry, I forgot to say welcome. Uh, thank you, Tabby. It's wonderful to be here. Very grateful for it. <laughs> You're a good man. And, um, and James, how long have you and I worked together? Because you over were part of positive. Yep. Sorry, you go. Over over ten years now. Over ten. Wow. Yeah, it's a it's a long time. I actually remember very clearly the first time I met you. I think it must have been at Shay's fortieth birthday, maybe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A mutual friend of our, um, obviously, Jason. Um, Witten, who's the founder of the company, and Shay, who was one of the owners of the company. It was her 40th birthday, and I met I met James. And James, you were in retail uh, real estate, so you've got a background in real estate amongst many other things. So tell me a little bit about your background. Um, okay, thank you. Yes, I at the time when we met, I was working for what I call a retail, a shopfront, shopfront real estate. Um, huh. That was a family-owned business. Yeah. Um, I learned and I guess, you know, cut my teeth in real estate in that, you know, in that role for three years. Um, mm. It was very tough. It was um, Gold Coast uh, post-GFC. I started in Feb of 08. Whoa, um, okay. Rather naive and very wet behind the ears on to what really real estate was about, but had yeah. this wonderful vision of what it could be. I think I must have seen some you know, selling, you know, selling Sunset Show or something. I thought that'll be me. Um, <laughs> far from it. I'm soon knocking uh, knocking on doors in Labrador and Southport, Gold Coast in GFC looking for business. But um, wow. I stuck at it and, and, and was in that role for three years. Yep. Um, 
and very much driven by providing for my young family at that point. I think we had three in nappies. Um, wow. Yep. And, and when we met, yes, at Shays and, you know, yourself um, and Sam and, and we just, we all hit it off and I'm very, uh, I still remember that and I remember the conversation and, you know, and within two weeks we were working together. Was... <laughs> yeah, it's funny, isn't it, who you rub shoulders with, who's in your vicinity. Well, we're certainly very fortunate to um, meet you that night. Well, I was fortunate to meet you that night. You obviously knew the guys. So I was particularly keen to have you here today to talk because all of our team invest in real estate. So everyone's investors are investors and everyone's got stories to tell around their investing. Um, James is particularly unique. He's done a lot of stuff around mindset. Uh, you've done 20 years with Anthony Robbins and the team with um, you know, self-development. And I know whenever I get on the phone to you or wherever we have a conversation, one of the things I notice about you is you're always looking for the opportunity. So it doesn't matter how big the challenge is, you'll always turn it around and you'll say, oh yes, you know, this has been a bit tough. This is happening. However, <laughs> you know, there's this to be said for it. And I know that it's relative based on, you know, X, Y, Z. There's always something to be learned from it. And I think what I would like people to get out of today's session is a little bit about that because you and your fabulous wife, Linda, um, have had a, a very successful business, um, multi-level marketing. Linda's um, certainly um, been incredibly successful in that space. And I know you've been um, you know, involved as well. And that's provided you guys uh, income, which is really important. And if you're okay with me to share a little bit about um, the journey you're on at the moment, because you have had success with your investing and your business and um, you're in a position now where you're investing in your family home. So you've, um, you've got the block, you've got, it was a knockdown rebuild, wasn't it? Or partly knockdown. It, uh, no knockdown, uh, but extension. Oh. <laughs> extension. <laughs> <laughs> I won't curse it by saying that. And it's been quite the journey, hasn't it? Because there's been the Gold Coast storms, there's been flooding, there's been all sorts of stuff. So take me through that because often we think about renovating and we see, you know, we watch, what's that show that everyone watches? I don't watch it. The Block. The Block. <laughs> That's it. We are and a family we... addicted to The Block. It is, it is actually, um, a, you know, PG-rated family viewing and... <laughs> Fills a gap for many families. So how's your block going? The block, well. <laughs> the block uh, episode. <laughs> front and centre, probably put stars in uh, our eyes on what we'd like to do and what was possible and um, curse them for thinking you can do a major reno and overhaul in 16 weeks or something. But, <laughs> um, yeah, listen, you, you touch on a few things then. The first one to say is, and, and, you know, I got this, you know, I guess through, you mentioned Tony Robbins. Um, and my wife's a wonderful student of his, more so than mine. She's got a, a memory like a, a steel vice, which sometimes serves me well, but more often than not as a husband. But um, one line that she repeats of his, and she's a wonderful coach, uh, is mm -hmm. what's wrong is always available, but so is what's right. 
Say that again for me. What's wrong is always available, but so is what's right. That's interesting. Hmm. And, okay. you know, I think for anyone who's, you know, read books, studied anything like that, you know, some of the, you know, the greatest minds have always said that, you know, the directed mind and what you choose to focus on will, you know, determine your outcomes. Absolutely. Basic as that sounds, I mean, it just saved you $100,000 in personal development costs if you've yeah. never been Well, to I'll a get show. you to repeat that. <laughs> I'm a big well, fan of repetition. Well, you know, and this is it. This is from Earl Nightingale. And I'll tell yep. that story really quick for those who don't Please. know him. Go and find Earl Nightingale. Um, I can't remember the name of the recording, but when I started in real estate, um, there was a particular amount of training we had. And I was given this Earl Nightingale CD which I had a CD player in the car and every day I'd listen to it, every single day, six days a week, right. off to the office, listen to this. And it, it's it's pretty much around having a directed mind. Um, what you choose to focus on and think of and direct your thoughts towards will become your reality. Now, I know that that can seem glib and oh, no, you know, circumstances of life happen and all the rest, but to just have whatever your mantra is through all of that it's you know for lenders what is wrong is always available so is what's right um you know you've got to look at everything in, in if you if you can when you can look at things through that lens yep it's a lot easier so let me give that some context for people that are tuning in today obviously to talk about investing as an investor you are always going to come up against challenges. So I know I'm probably telling you everything you already know, but I, I'm, like I said, I'm a massive fan of repetition and it took, I can be a slow learner in these spaces sometimes. <laughs> so I like to repeat, repeat, repeat. And so today I really want to focus on some of this mindset stuff, if that's okay with you, James, because um, what was your saying again? What's wrong uh, what's, is always available. And, but so is what's right. Right. And there's another saying that was drummed into me is um, if you're talking about what's wrong or a challenge about something, similar to that one is, well, what's good about this? So what are the benefits with this? Because there is always the yin and yang in everything you're doing, right? And, and I think that's so important to be able to train your mind to look for opportunity. Because as we know, we are... Um, programmed to look for danger our, our you know our caveman brains are focused on looking for the danger to keep us alive and it's so easy to keep going down that well-worn path and looking at where is the danger what is the problem and it can become self-fulfilling can't it when you're only survival focused they called mm. the survival brain right? ever yep. many 10 million years we're geared to survive so yep. absolutely yeah and um <clears throat> and i know for myself you know it's really easy to get into that into that loop of this is a problem this is a problem this is a problem um and guaranteed it's like when you well i'll speak from a um parents perspective when you're pregnant <laughs> you start seeing pregnant people everywhere when you're focused on problems you start seeing problems everywhere and you're saying around what you focus on becomes your reality. Um, it's the small decisions you make daily based on your focus that drive the reality. Um, is the detail in that 100% that I've found. 
And we were talking earlier, James, and we were saying, um, I was saying that the very first self-development book that I bought um, back in the, probably the late 1980s of all times um, had a, um, I've been drawing on my notepad here, writing focus as a reminder for myself um, on what you were just saying then, James, because I do need to focus on some good positive stuff. Uh, the lady had this um, suggested that we map out, map out our day and, and we choose where do we spend our time, um, right, you know, work in a box, um, break your day into nine chunks like this and have a look at how is your day being spent? How's your time being spent? What is your focus on during the day? Because tying back into what James is saying, what you focus on is what you get. And where is the time that you're going to spend on your wealth creation, on your education, um, on property, on um, improving your mindset, improving your ability to, um, to look for opportunity? Absolutely key. So if we come back to your renovation, James, take me through, um, because I would never know that you've had a bit of a challenging year this year. You've had some stuff going up, down and sideways, but I would never know it talking to you. Well, that's very, it's, uh, well, that's nice to hear. I'll take that as the compliment it is. You know, you, you don't yep. want to dump your stuff on people. That's one of my, guess one of my things in life. Um, but yeah, you know, I'll, I'll give you a broad stroke. So the reno yeah. we planned, um, we got excited about. Obviously, the block helped fuel our, our, our ambitions, but we bought a home and Linda saw instantly that whilst it was highly livable and, and beautiful, it was the right piece of dirt, and the right part of town that we wanted. Um, but we wanted to make that our dream home. Yep. Um, you know, we had uh, upgraded from the previous home that we're in and that made some great money and and you know i remember when I, we we bought into that i was working with positive and you know we were doing well in linda's business and you know we're making money and, and some very strong things the first property i've done in australia was investments with positive i built duplexes subdivided done that great made that you know really good chunk of money that we're able to get into our first home here on the coast right. we were talking to jason at that point and you know, I'm an accountant, you know, by, I studied that at uni um, and I approach everything analytically. He said, buddy, your home is different. He said, that's different. You're providing for your family, you're providing that space. It's a different set of rules. Go and fall in love with it and just know. So we used funds, we'd used funds from investing. We had strong incomes and we bought into, you know, our first sort of dream home. Um, and mm -hmm. then we'd upgraded that. Buying into that second property we would, when we say we, Linda and I, we probably went to 100 opens in our neighbourhood, 100 wow. opens in our suburb. Wow. Over two years. To the point that one day an agent, she was the number one agent, she goes, why are you here? Why? What are you doing? We're like, well, we love homes and we've got kids. So this is like, we leave them at home and then we get, right, we get a <laughs> coffee and we go out, right? The kids are safe and they're in the same suburb. Um safely locked in the house at home and we're out and this is sort of our, we love it. And she said, are you going to buy? And we're like, no, you never know. And one day we saw this agent she said, oh, I've got a deal for you. And we're like, sure. She goes, yeah, I just had one fall over yesterday. It fell over and went, it's a discount. It's a bargain. It's, oh my God, come see. And she literally took us and like Linda came out of there going, oh my God, that's the one. And I'm like, we're never buying that home. 
Um, by the next day, Linda had convinced me why it was the one and we got it at a discount, right? I want to tell that story. <laughs> awesome. We have only have known that. And we're talking, you know, some serious six-figure discount on this because it had been passed in at auction. The vendor thought he'd get more. Passed in the auction price, six months later, not sold because you rejected that good offer and the prices had gone backwards. So we could see what we're getting. So there's a lesson here. There's a lesson here I want to highlight. So the lesson is um, to build relationships. If you're going to go out and do your own deals, go and build relationships with people that will bring you deals. Some of the best deals I have had have been agents bringing me stuff off market because they know I'm a serious buyer. And she's obviously sussed you out. She knows, she knows you're capable. I'm sure she's done her homework. She's the number one agent for a reason. And the market was in your favor as a buyer, which is awesome. Um, and now you've got a seller that's been conditioned. Fantastic. Absolutely, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I knew enough that, that, that you know, we had, we, we didn't have finance lined up technically, but we were able to rally hard yeah, because I understood you. that game. I'd been around. It wasn't my first purchase. Yeah. Um, I put my broker under notice, notice. I put my account on notice. Said, guys, you got 10 days. You know, I need some big money here. And it's got mm-hmm. to be a bridging loan because mm-hmm. we can't sell yet. Yep. And uh, we made it happen. Uh, I'll still remember that. We made that happen and we knew we walked into a discount. Oh, and so take me through, because not everyone's going to be familiar with bridging loans and that kind of thing, because yep. um, I often say to my clients, uh, sell your own house first to eliminate the stress yes. <laughs> and then go shopping. Yes. You did it the other way, which isn't wrong. It we just... went to contract, yes. Yeah. So we are yep. home. We had some really strong equity in that because we'd been, um, uh, you know, we'd, we'd worked hard and, and, you know, paid down some of our loan and had some yep. an offset and we'd, we'd worked hard at that um, and the market had risen. Um, so we had, we had some really strong equity and I knew if we went to contract on a new property with the finance clause, we were protected. And during yep. that finance clause, I knew I had to go to the bank and say, I need you to borrow for this new home. And I want to hold on to the old one um, right. until I can sell the old one. And that was right. called a bridging loan. And I think it was three month period in which we had to sell that home um, at a given price. Yeah. Right. Now the bank came in and valued both homes. Yeah. And of course, you know, they're going to err on the side of conservative and secondly on the one we have to sell. But then I had, we were able to go unconditional, pay deposits out of our cash for the, the big new home. And then I had three months to sell the other one. So there's a, you know, and, and I'll just tell that story. That was not a flush time. If we we're able to get a discount in the market, it wasn't a particularly flush market for sellers. So yeah, because yeah, uh, we had something sword. We knew yep. we had a genuine discount um, if yep. we bought into the next one. And it was funny. I remember we got an agent on it. Um, I agreed with his auction campaign. Um, a day before the auction, we had no one. I remember him ringing me and saying, we've got a, we've got a buyer. I'm like, tell me. And this is the day before. So we needed a contract on the property, right? You know, or I would have gone to plan D. You know, yeah. well, I would have figured one out. But anyway, um, property sold at auction um, under the hammer. Um, we got our money. It went unconditional. Um, we were able to follow that through and, and, and work through those loans. Fantastic. Mm. And... And so you've obviously got now this this beautiful home, but because there were some 
changes that you wanted to make. Yes. Um, and they weren't, they're not small changes. No. <laughs> they're substantial changes. Yes. Um, hence, I thought it was a knockdown rebuild kind of changes. It, it could have been. Yeah, it, it is. It's, a, yeah, it's, you know, we added 70 square metres to the upstairs. Ooh. Right? So that's big. You know, we had to take off half the roof of the of the house it was sort of a, a big big ground floor and a half story upstairs and we just we wanted more bedrooms upstairs so the kids could be up there and really design the home we wanted so yeah. it was a major it was an extension it was roof off it was an overhaul um we got a great designer um and and that took a long time she needed a lot of following up and a lot of things and we had different builders along the way and we could feel that things were starting to get super busy. The builder yeah. that we thought we'd get in um, won a Master Builders Award and just didn't even sort of get back around to say, hey, I'll quote your job. Um, wow. Some of the other builders that we'd, we'd thought, um, we had one builder come out and had a chat and he goes, oh, I couldn't start for a year. I'm like, what are you doing here then? And he said, oh, I just thought maybe you wouldn't want to start for a year. <laughs> but we're going to have plans. We're interviewing builders. We want to move. We're going to get this happening. Um, in the end, the builder we chose had come really highly recommended from a friend yep. um, and had also come in at considerably less on price. Yep. Um, albeit, you know, there was some wiggle room on, on a couple of the things in, in the quote that we were happy to be yep. flexible on and, and the work started. We had to move out um, of the home, which we did. We were able to get a break lease and um, it started. And, you know, we, yeah. I'll tell all the numbers. It was supposed to be a five and a half month build. We, it's been 11 months and we're still not in. Yeah. So you're renting at the moment. Correct. Yeah. And and going through the reno. And and I guess some of this has been born because of COVID, right? So there's been, um, obviously, nationally, there's challenges with building materials, yes. materials with a lack of, um, a lack of enough builders, um, you know, everyone's flat chat, everyone's renovating because everyone's got equity. Yep. <laughs> and and so we've got a really unusual market where, you know, fixed price contracts are pretty much gone by the wayside um, because material costs keep going up. Uh, and so you've, you're navigating, then add, I guess, natural disasters and acts of God to that. Yes. And you're navigating quite a challenging challenging time for yourself um how do you how do you frame that for yourself when you know you've you don't have a roof on and you get the most rain that the gold coast has seen and how long like and you're watching your I, i'm sorry if i'm spelling this out but you, you know you're watching the place fill up with yes. water and it's been tough i'll be very honest it has and you know mindset aside you know you you, you know you Emotions with your house and your family. Sometimes they, you know, you wear them on your mm. sleeve. So you've you've got to work through that. So, yep. well, I'll keep quoting my wife. She's got another saying that she says, "You can't argue with a raindrop." Um, and I'm not sure if it was Deepak Chopra or someone said that, but literally, you can't. Like you can't, which means you can't argue with the rain. Yeah. You, you might not want it to. You really, 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 really might not want it to rain today. But if it's going to rain, <laughs> um, you can't argue with that. So it's nothing's been more poignant. <laughs> That saying for us, yeah. as it's continued to rain, well, you can't control it, right? Yeah, we're to six months um, on record, and and we've had um, half a roof on the house. So, what what we, 
you know, through there, we were able to get assurances from the builder. Anything damaged will be replaced. Anything damaged will be replaced. Your, your yep. structural timber will be fine. And um, to their word, they've, you know, had to strip back well more chip rock than we may have thought. Um, certain parts of the home that we were going to retain have had to be, you know, stripped out and replaced. And, you know, to their word, they are saying that that's on them. Um, right, okay, so, that's good. So, so through that, um, yeah. part of you is right, where we've got to focus on what we want, which is, you know, the house of our dreams, and, and part is okay. Well, I need to also be really uh, basing facts here, right? Now, I know that we've got um, uh, insurance. The builder has got insurance, and we have got, and we paid for, and I made sure that policy was in place, QBCC insurance, yeah. and various states will have their own to cover that job. And that was not inexpensive. That policy was about eight or nine grand yeah, right, okay. to cover the reno. And I know what that covers us for. So if the building yeah. was to go broke or there was to be work that was, you know, not up to scratch and all these things, there's a, there's a mechanism in Australia and a, and a governing body that will step in after the fact and help you through that. Right. So that's been comforting. Um, I've had, um, you know, external parties, you know, a couple of buddies who are builders and this and that, and they want to come for a walkthrough and a look who've come through and said, listen, you know, the, the workmanship's good, um, albeit it's wet, but that's okay. We see this a lot. This is going to be fine. So you get that third party, um, you know, helps. yeah, feedback. That's been essential yeah. and possibly one of the most best sleep at night factors. Mm. Um, so you're always looking for us. Where can I get educated here uh, you know what can i focus on you know mm -hmm. what's right is always available right well there's insurance on the home there's backup insurance on the builder i'm getting third party uh references here that this is going to be okay um all right what's the worst downside here we've got buffer all right the downside is we're out of our home for longer okay can we afford that yes because we've got buffer i'm paying you know rent and a mortgage not ideal but that's it you know, and we're also aware that, you know, very thankfully to the builder's credit that he hasn't given us variations or the price hasn't gone up. Yeah, And we so locked in yesterday's price. Reasonable. We yeah. locked in yesterday's price, mm. which we're aware of. And I know that, he, you know, as a, as a small builder going through, um, you know, a, a property boom and, you know, some are calling it a profitless boom for builders. Yeah. Um, the margins are squeezed. We'd rather him take longer, stay in business, you know, for him and his employees and families and jobs and all the rest, if it takes longer and everyone gets through, we're okay with that too. Yeah, okay. that to. was going to be my next my next question. It's like you want a solvent builder, right? Like absolutely. Yeah, and this is where the fixed price contract stuff has often gone out the window because unless in this builder that you guys have got, he's reputable, he's come recommended, so no doubt he's got his own buffers in place and can weather this. Um, to an extent, like, I mean that's that's not in our control though. That's no, not in our control. No. So so to fret on that, um, which you know when I've had my moments yeah. on that, yeah. um, you know, is somewhat pointless. I can only go, okay, well we're in this position. Hmm. Um, I, I know the T's and C's of the contracts and what we've signed and all the all the things on it. Okay, um, we just want to work with this builder and get the job done. If that's going to take longer. Yeah. Um, we're better off acknowledging he yeah. needs more time, not penalising him for that, because yeah. we can see that there's things out of his control. Um, Hi, good and, you. Hey, 
Will Can we? I grill you? Can I put you in the hot seat? I, <laughs> nothing, nothing too personal, don't worry. What well, are we doing now? <laughs> oh my God, I feel so hot already. I'm going to share something too, so don't worry. Um, I, and I won't do anything mean and nasty. I know for myself, I'll be very frank. And, you know, I've talked in previous podcasts about, um, you know, experiencing domestic violence, about all sorts of stuff. So um, I'd like to try to be an open book where there's a lesson and there's a point to it. So what I know is that I'm also prone, whether it's old trauma or whatever it is, or just my genetic makeup or how I frame stuff to myself, I know I suffer anxiety. I get quite bad anxiety and it's a mental health challenge I have to manage. And so what I find is, um, I always remember Tony Robbins saying um, uh, that it's great to have all of these tools and these mantras and, and so forth, but you equally can't just go, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy and like, in the nut house, right? Because I find myself, 4 a.m., 2 a.m., and I'm doing that fucking, oops, excuse my French, that crazy, we'll have to bleep that, that a crazy eight where I feel like I'm on a, a hamster wheel and my mind is cycling. And, and I know I actually have to get up, have a cup of tea, breathe through it, ask myself what's real and what I can control and, and come out the other side of that. And I, I have... Like we were discussing before, I, I meditate, I, I'm, I've introduced cold water bathing, I run, I eat well, I get enough sleep. They are the key tools that I have at my fingertips to manage when I'm feeling stressed and concerned about stuff. And so for yourself, if I was to say, tell me, like, it's been a stressful build, I know that. So when, when the proverbial, you know, shit hits the fan, what does that look like for you and how do you frame it for yourself and come out of it? You know what? Um, you just, I think you learn on the job. Right? <laughs> I'm serious. Right? I'm not, you know, master at this and, and you know, I'm, I'm some nights are sleepless. That, that's part of it, right? This is our dream home. And so when you say dream, it's, you know, there's, for me, my family is my highest priority in life and, yeah. you yeah. know, providing for them and having a home for them and, and, and having that, you know, all of that that encompasses, um, that's, you know, that's the center of my sort of life. So, mm. yeah, it's not easy. Um, you have some sleepless nights in there and yeah. you do your best to get on with things um, mm. that, you know, you can have impact in, Right. Yeah, truly. And whether that's work or family, I'm not talking it's somewhat distractions. You know, this is sort of distracting. Your quality distractions are better than bad ones. And certainly there's some red wine and <laughs> scotch. Getting, yeah, you know, in fish and chips for me, sir. Fish and chips. I know you're not drinking because you're, you're, you're ultra. Um, but sure, you know, it, and, and that's okay. And I'm okay with that too, right? Because everything in balance. Mm. Um, you it's interesting what you mentioned just there um very good friend of mine um you guys might know scott harris so he works really closely with tony and um he said james you know more recently he went through 13 what are 13 we'll call it 13 isolations back and forth to the us to work oh, with tony yeah. and back into two weeks quarantine in the hotel 
So he really got to learn on the job. But he said 20 years or 30 years of hearing and learning and doing it finally. And he said, the game is physiology. That's where it starts. Physiology meaning your body. Yeah. And if that's simply controlling your breath, if that's getting the sneakers on. For me, I love walking the dog, right? And they sort of bug me because they get wrapped around trees and want to pop and I'm going to do all that. But I sort of like it because my body's moving. I'm working through the neighborhood. I'm seeing that. It's just, it, it's not a distraction, but it somewhat is. It's, it's the directed mind we talked about. It's where do I want to direct my energy and attention? Now, I can't walk, well, can't walk the dogs for, you know, 16 hours a day. You know, kids are busy and life's busy and all the rest. And I'm going to do this and, and check in on the house and not much work's got done this week and it's still wet. Yeah. Okay, not ideal, but we're getting closer. We're getting closer. I've got buffers. Yeah. Right. I think that there's certainly I've learned through life that um, things are easy when you've got money in the bank. Right. Yeah. Now, I'm 50 now yeah. and I've, I've certainly, you know, worked hard to get to a point where I've got money in the bank. And there was yeah. a lot of time where there wasn't. It was yeah. a lot of time. It was yeah. a time when Linda and I literally, we, we lived out of envelopes. Where our cash lived in envelopes and it was earmarked, groceries, petrol, yeah. whatever, entertainment. When that envelope was empty for that week, well, okay, there's no more in there. Yeah. But we've been at that point. I want to you know, just say that. And we've worked yeah. incredibly hard to build up those reserves to do that. Yeah. You know? and, and so that, you know, your lessons enable you to get through the lessons better next yeah. time, maybe. I wouldn't want to see me in this position as a 25-year-old without much buffers because I'd probably be freaking out. But, you know, in context, okay, so my reno is going to take an extra five months. Okay, my kids are healthy. Um, I've got good people, you know, in in my life. I love that, you know, I get get to work hard. It's something I'm passionate about. Yeah. Right Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. And move your body, physiology, if that's exercise or whatever. Right, you know? Yeah. And I was particularly interested to talk to you about this stuff today. And I, I might have taken you off track of what maybe you thought you were going to talk about or wanted to talk about. <laughs> but, um, you know, it is something that I've noticed in all my interaction with you over the years is how well you seemingly manage with stress and anxiety and, and challenges. And so I did, I did want to touch on that because you know, whether it's renovating your own home, if I can put it in context for everyone as to why I've gone down this path today, whether it's renovating your home. And I mean, really a renovation like what James is doing, I would call almost development. It's a construction project. We had a digger Um, in the house. Yeah, a construction project. It is not a simple renovation, which is paint and polish. So, you know, whether it's something like that that you're undertaking or whether you're building your portfolio and you're buying your first investment or you're about to, there will be challenges. And how successful you are with your investing and in life is going to be dictated by the story you tell yourself, to quote famous people, um, and what meaning you put on every challenge and how you frame that and how you look for opportunities within those challenges. So the risk of, you know, sounding like I'm trying to channel Oprah and people like that, um, you know, I'm saying this because over 15 years of coaching, the thing that has made people successful is exactly what James, I see exhibited in James's behavior on a daily basis. So I really wanted to, to highlight that today. If I can ask the classic podcast question of you, sir, going back 
you meet James, young James, 20-year-old James. <laughs> and uh, you were to give James advice for the future. What would you like to be able to impart on young James Evenden if you could today? What wisdom? Oh, where are we? Um, <laughs> oh, just the reassurance that it's going to be all right. You know, I think is, you know, part of my personality is probably, I'm, you know, sometimes living in the future so much that you plan for that future and that's, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ahead. Oh, yeah. um, it's still good to do, but just make sure you're enjoying the now. Um, yeah. I think I've 100%. done enough of that too. Um, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I think that I'm learning. You, you learn from your, they're not mistakes. They're not mistakes. You learn mm -hmm. from your experiences. Yeah. Um, you learn from your experience. You know, surround yourself with good people. Yeah. I think that, that that's been a, a, a motto for me. You know, find something you love, surround yourself with good people and go like hell. Like yeah. That's it. If you're not around good people, get out of there. Whatever space that's in, but that's it. And you talk about mindset and op those sort of things. I get that from Jay Whitten. Mm -hmm. I listen to his morning coffee chats most mornings <laughs> in the car. I do. And I, you know, I, I've got a lot of respect for him and mm. um, his ability as a, as a coach and investor and all the rest, but um, I, I take a lot from what he says. Yeah. And that's me tapping into something. What's wrong is always available. I could listen to the news and most mornings I still get the headlines on ABC. And then I listen to Jason get the other side of that coin, literally. Yeah. Because what's right is always available. Yeah. Right. So I sort of avoided your question there, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Listen, you set me up. Listen, I um I I would just say do stuff, you know, do the stuff that you're dreaming of earlier. I'm right. 15 hour tab and I did run a marathon, which I'm so incredibly proud of. I'm not sure I've got another one left in my knees, but I still want to do an Ironman. And that's part of an Ironman. So I'm like, oh, huh. did I leave the run too late? Uh, time will tell. Um, but, you know, there's no time like the present and just, yeah, you get on with your dreams. Life's happening there. Um, you know. 100%. And small no. bites. Small bites daily is what I'm going to say to you for your marathon well, running dream. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have a friend that runs bone on bone on his knees, both knees, and he does the most incredible distances, but he built up so slowly. So start Either. now. I'm impressed. Yep. You're never going to be any younger. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, James. And um, I hope that was really helpful, guys. Um, massive thanks to James. Hey, thanks for listening to Property Investor Tales. Remember to subscribe so you get notified every time a new episode drops. As you can guess, I love hearing people's property investor tales. So if you'd like to share yours, then please get in touch with me via email at propertyinvestortales at positivementor.com.au. We would also love your feedback and I would appreciate a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Remember, you can watch all of these podcasts over on YouTube at Positive Mentor or at positivementor.com.au. Until then, take care, happy investing, and bye for now.